Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for special needs parents to share their stories. The Momming Autism Podcast is hosted by KDMD, myself, Amanda DeLuca, and today I have a special co-host, Sal DeLuca, our autism dad uh, co-star. Hello. (laughs) So, um... We actually wanted to talk about aggression um, tonight and on this episode um, because it's been something that we um, have dealt with for a while with Jackson. It is something that we have worked very hard um, with our behavior therapists. Um, It really, really showed up for us um, when quarantine not started, but once quarantine kind of became routine is what I would say. Yeah. When quarantine started and we switched to um, online school and online therapy, he was able to adjust and roll with that pretty well. And then um, once he realized that was the new normal and we weren't going anywhere and no one was um, coming in anymore, he started to push boundaries. Um, so at that point, the aggression was um, targeted at me. Yes. And the behavior therapist um, said it's because I was the one making the demands. So he was angry with me um, because I was setting the rules and I was setting the schedule and I was the enforcer. So Sal's job um, in that scenario was to step in and for me to walk away. And we really struggled with that and we still um, struggle with that. Um, And I think it's because you want to protect me in that moment and I just want to help Jackson. Um, And it's a mindset thing where um, what behavior therapy is asking us to do to deal with the aggressive um, behavior is not your natural parenting instinct. So can you talk about that a little bit, just um, kind of your mindset on that and what that looks like for you and um, just what we've learned through that? Well, yeah, I mean, the initial issue was, you know, our little guy is not so little. Right. Uh, and he's tough. Uh, so my uh, initial response reaction uh, is obviously to prevent him from causing harm or damage to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially early on, I struggled with being more vocal than I should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not really following the kind of learned steps from ABA. Um more just the I'm going to get in the way and contain him to the best of my ability when I quickly learned that that just caused him to lash out towards me instead. Well, and let's back up for a second. So his um, his aggression really started as rigid behavior. And then what we saw as aggressive behavior was him... Um, like nudging with his head when he was frustrated. He wasn't trying to hurt you. He was very conscious that he was not going to hurt himself. And that was very 
manageable, that was easy to ignore. Right. Um, we got through that pretty quickly. And then as his frustration built, it changed where um, he wasn't accepting no, he wasn't as easy to redirect. He was really hyper-focused on certain things and that's what kind of built the aggression. And then it turned into, I'm angry at you and I want you to know it. So it wasn't so held back. Yeah, I think that's a fair. Do you have something to add to that? I I mean, it definitely built up from the nudging or using his body to maneuver out to uh, hammer fists. Yeah. Is what it inevitably yeah. turned into. Yeah. So, and it was, it was a difficult transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it went from, okay, I'm going to step in and just prevent him from, you know, pushing some, you or Monroe or whomever around to, okay, now I have to prevent him from harming someone or himself right Uh, because when he's um in that moment there is no regard for his own safety either um and when it was the nudging at the beginning um you could snap him out of it with use your words Mm -hmm. i need you to calm down and now um that's not enough right now it we may get there again but Mm -hmm. right now that's not enough um and you can see it happening He grits his teeth um, and he gets this like growl (laughs) and you know that it's coming. Um, So stepping out of the way, he's, he's going to find you because he wants you to know that he's upset or angry and um, rightfully so he's frustrated. Um, But at the same time, um, we can use tactics like smell your flowers, blow out your candle smell your flowers, blow out your candles. And he can pause in those moments and do that. It may not be enough to redirect him, but it does give everybody a minute to regroup um, and try to move on. So like we said, it was directed at me in the beginning. Um, And then Sal was working from home. Jackson was still home because there wasn't school. And you were able to observe school and therapy and we kind of were able to work out a schedule where you could be involved in that and help with that. And um, then he started to kind of flip back and forth on who he was frustrated with. Well, yeah, I, I think once I we were able to kind of work out the schedule so that ABA could be tailored around like lunchtime. Uh, so that I could be involved since I was working from home um, and, and was able to really see, you know, the technique standpoint of it rather than you trying to show me in the moment and it causing more frustration. Because um, really until you're there, th- there's you can only describe how to handle it so much. Well, um, and when you're in it and trying to describe it, you're trying to keep him safe trying to keep yourself composed because you don't want to get upset with him. You don't want to engage in the behavior and then trying to explain it to you or anyone else. It's just, it's too much. And then it gets complicated and then everybody gets jumbled up. Right. So, and then I think once I kind of learned the, the correct way to handle him in those situations, um, 
and, and just became more involved in handling it because I was here mm-hmm. uh, is when he started to realize that when he was in that scenario, it, it didn't matter if it was you or me. It was just whoever the closest body that he could show his frustration to. Mm-hmm. And since he wasn't able to voice it, I think he you know, would just pick and choose. Or it was whoever was placing the demands at that point because he was so used to you placing the demands during the day while I was at work. And now it was kind of in between because you have stuff going on. So, I, you know, he would be downstairs with me or I would be upstairs with him. And mm-hmm. that's when it would kind of escalate to whomever was closest at that point. Right. And we, um, because we were home and school wasn't in and therapy wasn't in and we weren't really going anywhere. The only place we were going was driving to find trains because that's what he loves. And it was something we could all do safely. It was something we could all do to get out of the house. Um, it became um, a trigger for him. Um, I think it triggered his anxiety, which then triggered his um, aggressive behavior because it was never enough. He wanted to wait for one more train. He wanted to find two more boxcars. He wanted to see it run down the track three more times. So then the only thing that we were able to leave and do safely and do as a family was then causing him a lot of anxiety because he wasn't in control of what that train was doing, when it was doing it, and where it was. So that kind of also amped it up because it was something we were doing every single day because it's all we could do, but it wasn't um, it wasn't an enjoyable for him, but it was, I don't know, it was this weird, we were in this weird place. I, I think it was the excitement of and, and the anticipation that was enjoyable for him, but as soon as it fell to a point that wasn't appeasing his needs, whether it be, you know, them moving a certain way or them doing a certain thing is when, and I mean, we still see that today. Mm -hmm. You know, we we go on our train rides and, you know, if it doesn't happen to fall right at the right time or go the right way or you don't make the right stops. Right. um, And he just wants more and more and more. Right. Yeah, Mandy says, um, it seems like nothing is ever enough. That's 1000% true for him. And I don't know if it's because he loves it so much. I don't know if it's because um, he thinks the next one might be better. That FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't know if it's that because I have that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have that. Maybe Jackson has that. Um, But we see that in it. um, For a while, we had to really step back from that. And it was hard because it was the only thing we could do. Um, that and go get um, ice cream, which we had to take a break from because, you know, pants well, and calories. Only, there's only so much ice cream. <laughs> you can try a lot of ice cream, and uh, but um, it was it was tough to see that because you didn't know if it was bringing him joy or if it was bringing him anxiety, and um, we walked that line for so long, and um, we still walk it. But it is getting better. But because we have a little bit of freedom to do a little bit more right now, he does have school to go to and things like that. But um, talking about that, I wanted to also talk to you about your perspective of virtual school for him Um, because you have been here to see it and... um, therapy where um, you were able to kind of run some of the programs and do some of that, which um, you weren't always before. What that looks like for him and how you've seen him grow or what skills um, 
we kind of reprioritized for the IEP because we saw them um, during virtual. So, I, I mean, the, the, the school sessions were, I, I guess, difficult mm-hmm. is the simplest way. Uh, because, you know, going from in-person and physical contact and just trying to keep his attention and eye contact uh, is difficult. And when you put it on the TV that he's typically accustomed to either having the remote or some form of control over. Well, because he uses the TV um, and video to stim. I think, right. And I think that's important. Um, so he uses it to rewind and go back, rewind and go back, pause and play, pause and play. Um, or if it's trains, he's in that constant search mode for... For where finding. the live train. Right. Right. So um, he wanted to um, control it and he wanted it to give him the input that he was um, desiring. And it wasn't because it was like this. It was live um, where we were trying to work on skills. They were trying to help me problem solve. They were trying to train me. Um so go ahead. But Well, and not only that, but he's not one to sit still. No. So you've got a still camera. Mm-hmm. And I mean, inevitably, we, we changed over to using the iPad or cell phone because you had to move with him. Yeah. Because the expectation for him to sit for 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Listen, my expectation and that... I'm in a minute. Right. But to tie it back to um, like an IEP, if he could sit for three minutes, that's... Right. We are crushing it that day. If we could work up to five minutes, we deserve a medal. 15 minutes, That. unless it's like watching the Polar Express, it's not happening. Yeah, or you five-point harness him in the car. <laughs> right. He's- Right. Not still. Right. Um, but things like that. So I think it's important for other people to look at your IEP. And if you're saying, you know, um, by the end of this IEP, we'll sit and complete a task. Okay. A three minute task, a four minute task, a five minute task. Where's your child at right now? Where can we start and where can we work up to? Because Jackson, um, right before Thanksgiving, when we were doing, um, virtual school we had a 15 minute window and that was it there was no second session third session it was one 15 minute window and it needed to have a animated book so like um pete the cat for example on youtube someone reading it and the cartoon is moving that is our sweet spot that is how we successfully do virtual school but that's all he can do. Now, I'm not saying he can't do other schoolwork during the day because he can. On a, I write it on a visual schedule. He knows when it's coming. He tries to cross it out before we get there, but he knows that we have to do it to move on to his highly preferred tasks like snack or lunch or playing with trains. Um, but it's all hands-on. Um, folder games or... Um, matching or um, spelling blocks or play-doh one worksheet the rest needs to be hands-on because he just can't and I think it's because he really struggles with handwriting and scissor cutting 
Um, that is something we're working on. That's been an OT goal for several years now. And then I think that's always going to be something that we need to work on. That pincher grasp is really Wait, difficult for him. I, I don't think I'd really noticed it until we were trying to put gloves on after the first snow yeah. this year. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, it's a point in time now where, like, you would expect him to be able to, at his age, to put on a glove. I mean, you've got five fingers. It's... But the dexterity and trying to align that, I mean, he just struggled so much with even that. Well, and I wonder how much of that ties back to the apraxia motor planning, mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't have really good hand strength. Right. Either. He never has. Um, and we worked um, like with TheraPuddy and things like that, and it, it's strenuous for him. Mm -hmm. um, it's helpful for him, but it is very strenuous. Even Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and coloring, forget about it. He will paint, but he doesn't like to color. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so your observation of virtual school. Sorry, right, yeah. I took so you off it, task there. You know, we were, it was going somewhat well, but just the expectation of him to sit down was, it was too much. So we kind of learned, but really it, it was hard because it was them working with you or with me mm -hmm. to try and reciprocate the information to get him to complete the task. And you're much more versed in it than I am because you've been so involved. Mm -hmm. You've had the opportunity to be more involved. Right. Um, so it was even more of a learning curve for me to try and attempt to understand what they were trying to get him to do because uh, it was still new to me at that point in time. So, and then I, it eventually got better but it was extremely difficult um, to just kind of figure it out uh, what the best way was going to be. Well, like, once, we, once we went mobile, it was better. Well, not only are you trying to figure it out, but you're trying to figure it out with an audience because you have like a therapist and maybe um, like a second therapist on the call who are silently judging you, not because they're mean, but because they're like, come on guys, like we need you to get this together. We've been virtually doing this for three weeks now. Wrangle this little savage <laughs> and let's get to work. So um, I think just the added pressure of that, like you know that somebody is watching you um, and you are doing the best that you can. Mm -hmm. um, but my, we, my language got way better it did get way, way better. better it did but we were always um we were always winging it mm -hmm. <laughs> we were always winging it but we did stick to a virtual er, visual schedule right um because jackson needed that and it was very simple did you make it for me mm -hmm. yeah sal made it so if you need a visual schedule, we can email you one. Sal has one made. You can use ours for an example. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then I laminated it. The laminator off of Amazon is like the best um, special needs parent tool to have at home. Plug here. <laughs> yeah. Swipe up. No, I don't have that. Right. Um, and Jackson could check off his tasks as he did them throughout the day. Um, and then we now are talking about doing a picture chart more of like when we did pecs where we can move the items around just because he needs more things to fill his day which is good um, but he's very busy and his task completion is so quick that um, he can't have free time because then he's immediately going to get a snack or he's immediately looking for a tablet or he's immediately searching for 
a remote um, so that he can find whatever it is that he wants. Today it was cars um, in Charlie Brown. Valentine's Day, Charlie Brown. Cars 3. Yeah. Um, can you talk about, um, as we were working through virtual school and some of our um, goals and focus points then to now. So, like right now, um, independent skills, I think, take precedence over some of the things that we were worried about before. Um, where we were always really, really concerned about um, academic and social goals, and we still are, that's still a priority, but Jackson's gonna be seven in April, and um, he needs, we need to push some more independent skills because it's quicker to do it ourselves, um, it's easier, than coaching him and we need to get better at breaking it down reminding ourselves that he needs to learn to do these things himself um well and and letting him fail is going to be really really hard and, and i think that's any parent that is at home or is working from home or, mm-hmm. or is you know you're you've got your laundry list of 1800 things to do right so to remind yourself to take the time is just it's difficult uh, because it is easier to just do it yourself but no I, I you know you were talking about academics from then to now even going back a couple of years uh, the early days of in-home ABA when I think they were doing colors but they were written out in black and white and then you had to match them up mm-hmm. it was and, a and we realized he could read yeah so it was a um teachers pay teachers um like a morning binder bundle or something it was it was amazing but it had colors shapes days of the week money tracing letters like all of these things and we bought it and we thought this is going to buy us months months of therapy activities because he'll need to be taught these skills and we'll be able to match them and do them and he showed us how wrong we were. Right. So, I mean, even even then, you know, we, I think we were maybe concerned and he's kind of proven us wrong at every corner. Like with handwriting, he doesn't like to write. He no. struggles with it a little bit, but he doesn't like to write. Can he? Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll do it excessively fast to just be done with it. And, it, you know, the the quality isn't necessarily as good, but he can do it so I, right. you know we had that concern um even with like some of the basic math that we started doing mm-hmm. um so you know there's it's definitely been a an interesting transition because we were really focused on a lot of the academics at that point in time and then he's kind of proven that at, at, for his age he's at least gotten to a point now where you know, we don't worry necessarily about that as much per grade level because he's doing really well um, it is just more of the independent skills and and waiting yeah. task completion and, and really going back to it just being able to sit and complete the task or, or be stationary not even sit just right. to focus on it for a, a period of time right and I think that's the thing so once we um, have made these observations we really need to go back to the IEP and look you know have we tried um, several different um, 
wiggle seat options, adaptive seat options, because he's been in school long enough now where we can say, yes, we know he can do the work. This is how long we know he can do it. What accommodations can we put in there to kind of help him succeed? Because even though your IEP is written as a year long document, that doesn't mean that um, changes and adjustments can't be made. And you don't have to call a full team meeting to make those changes and adjustments either. It can be, um, as simple as an email of, hey, um, while we were home, we took some data and we were able to see that Jackson does really well if he can have a wiggle seat and he can work for two minutes longer. Can we work that into the IEP? It doesn't have to be this big formal sit down meeting. It can be as simple as um, an email where everyone comes to agreement. But I think we're at a point now where we do need to look into um, what he can do and what he needs to get there so that we can help push. Um, The independent skills are so important at at school, yes, but at home also. And I think it's because we just, I hate to see him struggle. I feel like um, so many things are a struggle all day long that if I just put his shoes on for him, it's one less thing he has to do. And if I just um, clean up his lunch for him, it's one less thing he has to do. And if I just brush his teeth, but he's seven and it is time um, for us to let him do those things. And it's gonna be like um, when behavior therapy stepped in to help us with the aggressive behavior. I am going to need the reminders (laughs) to let him do it, to take a minute, to just talk him through it instead of jumping in and doing it for him. Yeah, we're not not great at that yet. No. We've gotten better. Yeah. Yeah, but because then we usually snicker at each other. Well, but that is one thing that we have learned through this process is um, instead of yelling or barking or snipping that this is what I need you to do. It's okay to just say, I need a break. I need you to trade places with me Um, because I think by helping by helping each other, we help him, but we couldn't see that for a while. It was, this is my job, this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm in it. And um, we have gotten better, but I think with teaching independent skills, we are going to need to amp that up a little bit more. I don't disagree. Right. So what about Christmas and Jackson? Um, Last year was the first year he asked for anything. Last year was the first year that he really wanted to open all of his gifts. So now that we're through that holiday, can you talk about that a little bit on what that looked like? Because it was pretty awesome. Chaos, but awesome. (laughs) Right. Um, No, it was fun. You know, he gave us his laundry list of eight items, very specific items Mm -hmm. that he wanted uh, for Christmas. And we checked a few of those off as Mm -hmm. well as Santa Claus. Um, no, it was, it was, you know, we, we all had, we both had items or everyone had items where it wasn't necessarily part of his list that we all had hopes and aspired to make it an event for him. And it was cool to watch him open stuff up. And I mean, he spent the entire day correctly or well, a couple of days really for this band, but taking time to play with each individual toy and Mm -hmm. you know uh, waiting for us to help him set it up and 
play appropriately. It was, uh, I, I wish we could afford Christmas every week. Right. Um, because just watching him be able to play was, uh, it, it was fun. And not only did he play, but he wasn't looking for the next thing. And right. that's the biggest thing that we see with Jackson is he's always looking for the next thing. Um, and it's typically food or technology or um, the remote control. And he wasn't doing that. He was just satisfied with what he had. Yeah. He was interested in what he had. The new items were enough input to kind of keep him yeah, not on task, but just keep him... Engaged. Sufficiently engaged. Yeah. But he is um, still carrying that through. And his toys are allowed to play with other toys. Like the Legos are in the middle of the train set. And the cars are um, lined up to get gas from whatever. Um, and he's also playing with Monroe's toys, which is, you know, she's not so happy about that, but it's great. Right. But it's great to see that he is showing interest in other things. He is looking for the iPad again, and he is looking for, um, the Nintendo again, but he is still engaged in toys. Right. Um, and then his imaginative play with us has really taken off. Now I will say and I don't know where he gets this from, but he has to be in charge <laughs> of handing out <laughs> the rules for the game and what everyone's part is. Right. He mm-hmm. must get it from you is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's exactly where he gets that from, right? Yeah. I thought so. Yes. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I am definitely the rule maker. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, um, but it's been good to see that, um, and he's letting Monroe play um, with him, and that was one thing um, that we worked really hard on too with um, behavior therapy. I think it was last last summer where she wasn't allowed near him, his stuff. Um, he just he didn't have time for it. He didn't have an understanding for it, and now he invites her to play. He is asking her. Um, to help him and to do certain things and um, and they like team up together. Casey had made mention earlier that maybe there was a correlation to the trains movement versus how he plays with trains and I I think that's kind of accurate and rolls into this a little bit where he has in his mind built out the next two hours of how toys are supposed to interact with each other and Mm -hmm. function uh, and then the four-year-old Terror Monroe, uh, lover to death, uh, comes in, at least to him, uh, and she just starts to move stuff around. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fit his Right, it's image. not in his agenda. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely gotten much better. I think he's at least starting to accept that she's going to be involved in playing with his stuff. And he's, he's also starting to understand that you know, if she's going to play with his stuff, he's going to play with her stuff, there, there's some balance. You can kind of see that rolling through where uh, it definitely seems to be a balance. But, you know, the interaction between the two of them, 90% of the time, has been much better the, the past six months, I think. Yeah. Um, several of the moms on here said that their um, their kids don't like to color either. Um and Bree said that they try to use it um, as reinforcement and it just causes a meltdown for him. Um, scissors. 
Yeah, that's Scissors with Jackson. So um, scissors cause him a lot of anxiety because he doesn't like to take a hole and turn it into parts. So once he has to cut it into parts, he wants to glue it back together, tape it back together. Same with like, um, they would do like the torn tissue paper um, projects. That was always an immediate trigger because you were taking a hole and um, making it into pieces. So we just wrote um, into the IEP that materials would be presented to him pre-cut or pre-torn or whatever so that he could participate, but it wasn't that added um, level of stress for him when it really wasn't necessary right and i mean it even stems stems to his books uh the original thomas the train reader that he has that's looks like it's been through a civil war mm -hmm. uh, that we've had to tape 1800 different ways because mm -hmm. it's got to fit back together the way it's supposed to right um and i ordered new ones of them and they just the binding is not good in those right. books well so. i mean you know, he takes it. I was gonna say he's not very he's not very right. gentle. Which is he loves it. He loves it hard. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle wrote um, that her OT um, kind of chains things backwards and just teaches um, the skill a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and then builds it up. And I think that's a great tip. Um, thank you for sharing that, Danielle. So I think that's really about it. That covers everything that I wanted. Um, to talk about do you have anything else that you want to add i no I, I mean i really i'm going to miss the work from home involvement with him i know uh, whenever i do end up going back into the office but he needs it more than i need it so i know it's just it's been so nice because um there's not there's not this delay in communication and there's not this delay in um, skills where we might see something and we're like oh my goodness he did blah 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 and they're like oh yeah he already did that um, right or, or even the fact like you know if I can hear distress you know I can take five minutes and you know come help settle things down right and go back at it downstairs but right it has been nice um, I'm curious to see once that switch happens, um, if he will go back to feeling like that is the normal or if this has become the normal now. Because, I mean, this has been 11 months, 10 months, something like that, that maybe this is his new normal. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see, you know. It's, it'll definitely... I, I don't think... Because he's familiar with school, I think the hardest transition when we started in March was, okay, we go into virtual, it was only supposed to be a little while, and then it turned into what it's turned into. Um, but then, you know, we, we spent all that time at home, and we had a little bit of virtual, and then we went into the summer, and then it was a new school. So he, he's finally kind of gotten accustomed to that, and now we're throwing, you know, more curveballs at him, and I, you know, I feel bad because coming home the other day he had a hard time but mm -hmm. you know hopefully once it goes back to uh, whatever a normal schedule is going to look like um it'll be an easier transition for him he likes the people at school I, he loves miss casey and miss mm -hmm. sarah and everyone yeah um he does love school so you know that that makes if anything it's a little bit of reassurance to know that at least he's going to a place where he enjoys 
who he's around and mm-hmm. seeing his friends and participating yeah. in things like music, which are awesome. But right. So I don't think it'll be so bad for him. No, I think it's just, um, you know, we have lunch together. And so it, it'll be interesting to see the shift. Um, but, you know, me, the rule maker, making sure that there's still stations and everything is timed appropriately and accordingly so that when he goes back into school, uh, it'll really help him out. You, the rule maker? Yeah. You well, the, you said I was... You, you the schedule keeper? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Adam. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's it. If anyone has any questions, please um, do let us know. But um, I think that's about it. Until next time. Am I allowed? To come back? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, you're just, you're the boss.